uh, the state can exercise justice, the church can call uh, the sinner who's been condemned by the law to repentance and faith. There's, there's, there's not a contradiction between those two things. They, they work together. They always have for 2,000 years. Welcome to the Stand Firm Podcast. I'm Nick Landon of Grace Anglican Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And as J.D. will mention in a minute, I am in Chicago at my niece's high school graduation. So I'm just here now to introduce the conversation that Matt and J.D. had. As always, their conversation is pretty wide-ranging, but this one focuses on the notorious anti-homosexuality legislation that's been passed in Uganda, the reaction to it by Christians in the West, the ethics around the boycotts of companies like Budweiser and Target, and the way a Christian should interact with our increasingly pagan world. The edit is a little shaggy this time. My time here on vacation is limited, but the conversation is great as always. So here they are, Matt Kennedy of the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd in Binghamton, New York, and J.D. Koch of St. Luke's Anglican Church on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Enjoy the conversation. All right, we're here. Uh, welcome to Stand Firm. Uh, I'm not the Reverend Nick Lannon, but I am the Reverend J.D. Koch uh, here with Matt Kennedy, the Church of the Good Shepherd. Uh, I'm trying to just mimic Nick here in his rhythms. Uh, how are you doing, Matt? How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're doing great. Excellent. Well, we, uh, Nick, Nick is currently in Chicago at his niece's graduation, uh, I believe. And so he tried to navigate this time frame, but was unable to. So we will do our best to stay um, remotely on topic or time. <laughs> I don't know how that will happen. But at any rate, uh, there's a lot to talk about. And we are here on the eve of um, of the uh, Pride Month. And so as expected, there's a lot of fervor around the issue and around the um, uh, well, the culture is in, in, in embroiled in a heated discussion over all these things. Um, and Matt, of course, no uh, stranger to online um, controversy, as our British friends would say, has um, waded in. Um, and I, I, you know, I try to wade in myself. I do a little bit more on my on the sort of audio side, uh, just because I have a little less time to respond to comments, um, or at least until some of my children get out of diapers, I think I'm going <laughs> to have to stand with just what I say on the podcast and rectors forum. But I am appreciative of Matt's, um, of your um, sort of stance and position and and sort of um, controversialist uh, nature at times. And so let's take a little bit about what's going on now. We had the, the one has to imagine this is was a the the purposefully timed Ugandan bill signed for sort of a in defiance of uh, of Western cultural imperialism. Do you think? I mean, it, it just I mean, maybe I think it was. Too... Go ahead. I think it was being. I think it's put forward way back uh, before. It was Dali. definitely going on during when we were in. I was watching videos of the yeah uh, of the sort of parliament during we were, time we were in Rwanda so it's been it's been a while but i guess it had gone through yeah. a couple of iterations but it went whatever back and forth i mean because the president suggest the, pre, the the congress or the, the parliament put forward to the president uh, one form of it the president sent it back saying hey you got to change in particular he wanted to change like you, you don't outlaw people just having homosexual desire that's right that's out, right outlaw you know actual acts um and i actually and pulled so they, up have you read the um uh oh. kazimba archbishop kazimba statement that was yeah on, from yeah anglican, anglican inc, inc. Yeah. yeah yeah i read it 
I thought it was pretty good, actually. It, I don't think was, I, I feel like excellent. most of the people who have who are condemning at least the church uh, on this respect have not read that. It seems have not read. It was excellent. I mean, he's not there. I mean, the Church of Uganda is not for the death penalty, um, and so I think they're with their. I mean, I I am not necessarily for everything. Not for everything uh, in, in the biblical code necessarily, but I'm in general in principle for the death penalty. But I think I think Uganda is against it in principle. Um, either the church anyway um i have to go back and check that out because I, I read it like last week but uh, yeah, no, we should uh, send him we should send him our episode on the death penalty so perhaps we can, <laughs> right, we can open right, a right. open a right um, right but a loving I mean, a loving conversation or whatever, was, whatever it, the archbishop said <laughs> i thought the uganda letter or release press release was a, a, a great example of how the church interacts with the state you know just uh, when the state does something good and yet there are still some reservations they they express that pretty well um i thought I thought it was really yeah. good, really good. I thought the final paragraph or the final section, he said, many people feel they can't control their sexual urges. It's as if they are a slave to it and must, must obey it with whoever is in front of them. Sexual temptation is a very strong force, which is why we preach Christ crucified and risen, because he sets us free from being slaves to such temptations. For those who have been caught up in the lies of homosexuality, fornication, and adultery, so it's not just specific, specifically yeah. Homosexuality. God wants to set you free from the bondage of those lies. I call on our churches to develop pastoral healing ministries and recovery centers so the church will be a safe place to find healing, forgiveness, freedom, and hope from whatever sexual sin you have been enslaved to. I mean, I, I couldn't have said that uh, better, and and would say something very similar um, in any in any sort of you know forthright Christian proclamation of of biblical sexual ethics, and of course the the divide between um, what ought to be and where our sinful human hearts are, and of course is is great in some cases, and yet we are the people we are the people who are going to finally be able to call out what is in fact a lie. Um, and that is what is enraging the world because uh, yeah. they had the audacity to actually say this is contrary to uh, created order. This is contrary to divine revelation. This is contrary to to God and Christianity, and we we reject it. And um, well, yeah, it's this is this is pure uh, re entrenched colonialism on the part of the West. We want to we want to push our our new sexual values on the global south and we're going to use money we're going to use influence we're going to use whatever we can to do that and then when they when they resist we're going to call them primitive and narrow-minded and just not educated enough and um and use all the same kind of racial slurs that might have been used you know 60 years 70 years ago um because they don't agree with us right so but the, but the, the but the the global south nations it's not just uganda i think it's, there's three 30 different um, African nations, maybe, right. maybe right. who, who have who have anti-sodomy laws um, or or sexual purity laws of some sort. Sure. And, well, not to mention the the, the different countries and the you know yeah, the various oh, countries. Like, and, I just heard. Yeah. I think uh, Al Mohler was talking about how the. Uh, Shinto, um, you know, over in Japan, like the religious right uh, represented by not by the Christians, but by the the adherents of Shintoism, um, were pushing back against this sexual libertinism also, and so they were yeah. being blamed as part of. You know, I guess they were Christian nationalists. All right. All right. That's right. That's right. That's right. They were sitting there. Uh, you know, next thing you know, there's going to be some sort of like you know make uh, J Japan great again uh, movement. Uh, uh, Japan and John Wayne. That's that's right. <laughs> but um, but it's really it's, you know, I was listening again to another podcast talking about this um, just just the, the other day. 
and we're talking about how they were seeing um, that they they were seeing this move since it's somewhere in like the upper ninety percent of Ugandans that support this bill. Um, many of whom, just as the Archbishop said, would be aware of the fact that people have broken sexual desires. It's not as if they were sitting there when who was it the um, I forget who it's uh, Ahmadinejad. Remember when he came back and he said, "Were well, there no homosexuals in in Was it Iran? Where he was the I'm I'm, yeah. I'm exposing my yeah, I know, you yeah, know. Yeah. And that was such a ridiculous statement. Everyone laughed because clearly that wasn't the case. That there are people with all sorts of sexual, um, you know, uh, sort of broken sexual desires all over the world, down through history. So the Ugandan bill was not to uh, sort of say that we aren't aware that there are people who wrestle with these with these behaviors, but we want to um, we want to to acknowledge that we disagree with them and we don't want them to be a part of our culture and we don't want them to be part right. of our schooling. And, you know, it's very clear to say that the people who are wrestling with these behaviors and these um, this these desires are not to be targeted or pinpointed in any sort of um, malicious way, but they are taking quite a, a strong stand against the entire array of sexual libertinism, which, um, and pushing back against the West. And I think that's, yeah. um, you know, and, and again, we said this maybe last week, but I was unaware just naively, cause you could, you don't know what you don't know of how, um, clearly this was seen as a Western imperialist kind of, um, sort of decadent right. colonialism until we were over there dealing, you know, hanging out and spending times with Nigerians and Ugandans oh, yeah. and Rwandans. Yeah, very clear. Yeah. And that was really something that, you know, I'd read about and I had heard sort of spoken about, but, you know, YouTube clips are just not real, you know, but the people sitting in front of you praying against, you know, the subversion of their, of their Christian culture and the, uh, the infiltration of their churches, like specifically against our you know, like people that we know who, um, you know, that we were ordained with people that are teaching and preaching in churches we were formerly associated with was quite humbling. Um, and, and so anyway, that, I mean, I, I thought it was, it, it, it's a fascinating um, sort of juxtaposition uh, and the timing could not be orchestrated better. I mean, who needs a, yeah. you know, there are no good summer blockbusters anymore until Tom Cruise comes out with something, but this is as exciting <laughs> to watch as anything. Right. So I mean, people are right. What's interesting on about the conversation that's going on right now on Twitter and other, and other places is that is the conflation. I mean, I, I don't think people understand how, how the law works, how God's law works. Not, I say people, I know, let's say some people who are upset about the Ugandan law and those Christians who are saying it's a fine thing don't understand how God's law works. Uh, for for many of them, they're, they're conflating like the call of the church with the call of the state. So the church, our role is to call sinners to repentance and, and, and convey to them the promise of Christ that whoever repents is forgiven and and covered by his 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 righteousness and, and washed clean by his blood and is received into the kingdom as, as a son or a daughter of God. And that doesn't matter what kind of sin they're engaged in, that that's 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 the, that's the gospel for every sinner. Right. Um, but we're not the state, right? And the state has a responsibility to uphold uh well, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 13, the state has the responsibility to exercise the 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 authority of the sword to punish wrong the wrongdoer and to uh, protect the weak and to help those who are doing good. So um, that's the commission. And and so if a state wants to use the sword in such a way that is consistent with what God has revealed to be good, upholding those values and punishing those things that God has re revealed to be bad, even using the punishments that God has explicitly given, um, even under the old covenant, that's, that's a right. good thing. And, and so the church and state can work together. The church can 
uh, the state can exercise justice, the church can call uh, the sinner who's been condemned by the law to repentance and faith. There's 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 not a contradiction between those two things. They they work together. They always have for two thousand years. There has been a system of social or 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 um, uh, civil civil justice on the one hand, and and the church next to that, that both upholding that notion of civil justice while at the same time uh, calling those who have been convicted under the law, and here I'm talking about civil law, to uh, repentance and, and the promise that they can be forgiven by Christ. That's right. Um, they might have to bear the consequences of the law on earth, but they won't have to, but, but if they can come to him, to Christ, they'll, those consequences are removed from them on the cross. Such a, a key and core distinction in Christianity that I think it seems like when conversations like this come up, people just completely don't, either don't get it, haven't heard it, don't want to understand it. I'm not sure what the issue is well and i don't disagree with you but give us a give our listener an example of what of how this plays out this misunderstanding is is okay so illustrated um, so if you say i think the law in uganda is a good law because it's consistent <laughs> hypothetically <with> what, <laughs> okay as i have said i think the law in uganda is a good law because i in, from what i've read it's consistent with uh, leviticus 2013 um and 1820 Levitics 1822 um you know inevitably someone's going to kind of step on and step onto the thread and say what about the mercy of christ you know what about what about forgiveness right what about the woman caught in adultery right um and and that's a conflation of categories so uh uh yes justice um is something social justice the whole notion of social justice our the banner that the the the, the woke are waving and social justice that grows out of biblical justice which includes stiff penalties for uh for sexual uh perversion for murder for adultery for all kinds of sin um uh, so so again and that's that's those, those civil earthly consequences are good and right and are necessary for upholding a a just society. So That's if you right. want social justice, well, you need to have the penalties that are along that come along with it. Um, and especially the biblical penalties that come along with it. You don't again, you're not if you're not Israel, you're not obligated to adopt the Mosaic law, but you're but these those laws are certainly uh prudent and helpful and good. Well and for a Christian, it seems I mean at the very least you could you could acknowledge the you know the general equity as we've talked yeah, about before exactly, of, the, yeah. of these laws. Right. Like whether right. the specifics obviously have changed in cultural times and sure. space. But you know, this I forget, I was just looking for the article, I can't find it um on the fly, but Carl Truman had one as you know, he's just keeps knocking them out the park recently. But in first things a couple of months ago where he was talking about the the laws and I may not be quoting exactly right. Well, no, I'm not quoting exactly right. But the law, you know, in, in, in any given society, the law sort of represents uh, the boundaries of the ideal, you know, because as Paul even pointed out in Romans 13, you know, that the, the rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but bad, you know, the, the people who are enforcing the law um, have established what the ideal sort of um, sort of societal uh, boundaries are are, and if you stay within those boundaries, well, then you have by that society's definition remained a just moral 
upright, law-abiding citizen. And so when we talk about um, you know, what laws we're enacting, we're actually having essentially a theological um, argument about what is good, true, and beautiful. You know, what where are we going to draw lines around what is not true, not beautiful, and not good? And that's why the the argument about the misunderstanding of the law, particularly with Christians and non-Christians, comes um uh, it's, it's disheartening to see Christians misunderstand exactly what you said, These this classic distinction, because we're arguing something, um, of course, uh, over against an unbeliever whom we say that there has been sort of revelation um, towards the good, the true, and the beautiful that's not uh, simply divined out of your um, uh, sort of, you know, just your reason, uh, because right. we believe that's fallen. And so we we have these laws that at the very least point us towards the 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 broad outlines of what would be a just, good, true, and beautiful society that include limits on all sorts of things, not the least of which our sexual appetites, you know? And so you could easily see some of these arguments. And again, people say the slippery slope argument is a fallacy, except that we continue to be hurtling down the mountain from, you know, 30 years ago when I first heard it mentioned in, you know, senior year in high school. Um, And they say, they say that, um, I guess I was a junior at any rate, but uh, you know, we, we you could easily see the same argumentation taking place, and, and you're beginning to see it uh, with respect to sexual freedom and consent and age and all these things. It would would begin to to remove all barriers, external barriers yep. to uh, to sexual, um, not just sexual. Um, uh, relationships, we see it uh, down the line. You know, I mean, the we see it with respect to um, uh, you know cr- criminal penalties for for shoplifting. We see it down the line for yeah. um, you know just all of these structures that um, that at the very least were put in place by people over over generations and centuries, well, millennia really, that were intended right. to to protect the just and punish the unjust um, are being dismantled in front of us, and that is something that should be very concerning for Christians, um, particularly when it's being uh, sort of lauded within the quote-unquote church itself. You know, I'm not surprised right. that, so, yeah. uh, you know, a pagan culture is going to uh, push back against um, external revealed morality from from a God they don't believe in, you know. But, but they're actually, but, you know, but what's interesting is they're pushing back against it uh, using a corrupted form of, of Christian ethics. So, um, so, for example, you go, go back to Rome, you don't find a lot of Oh, we've got to be compassionate with criminals. <laughs> you know, you right. don't see that. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We, we, we've got to exercise mercy on those who have who have violated our laws and who are who are trampling our traditions. That you don't see that in Rome or Greece or anywhere you see or anywhere else. You see that you only see that in you know modern con- Western contexts uh, where people who have been conditioned by cultural norms that have been passed down for 2000 years That's from right. the Christian faith, right? But have been corrupted because people aren't Christian anymore. That's right. So so they see mercy as a good thing and they see leniency as a good thing. And they see not judging, quote unquote, as a good as a good thing. But they but the but the superstructure or the underlying foundation for all of those notions has been lost. So so now you just have massive confusion. Like we shouldn't. Right. So someone someone murders somebody, they should be out in the streets because right? because because mercy. Or uh, someone loots a building and takes thousands of dollars worth of property. Well, they should be let go because uh, mercy or because of compassion. And and yeah. and that, that's a, that's a complete blurring of categories and and ideals. Um, it's a, it's a it's a, 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 a the rotting of the the Christian ethic that has been foundational to our society for for hundreds of years. Um, so the church should be saying things like, 
yes, there should be stiff penalties for those who steal and loot. And yet also we should have Christian chaplains in the jails um, going to these people who are caught stealing and looting and sharing right. the gospel with them so they can know and love Jesus and be forgiven and they can live reformed lives, whether they have to spend, you know, the rest a long time in jail or not, they can at least hear the gospel. That's right. Um, so that the Christians should always be very, very strictly uphold the law. Do what, what Paul says in Romans chapter 13. Uh, we should say the, the state should be doing what Paul says in Romans 13, is, which is using the sword to punish evildoers. And when the state isn't doing that, it's violating its own uh, divine calling and, and, and mandate by God. So uh, and, then the, and then the church is responsible for say, telling the state they better do it. That's right. And the church is responsible for pre preaching the gospel to those who are violating those laws. So go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I agree no, with you. I mean, this is this is where the, um, you know, I, I, what we're seeing is the end. You, you, you know, these terms may not our listener may not uh, follow them, but I've become more enamored with what's called the post liberalism um, sort of or at least I've, I've become aware of it in a way that I wasn't before, because, you know, they're arguing that this kind of pluralistic um, sort of libertinar libertarianism, essentially, um, that was sort of a, a, a consortium in the you know 70s, 80s, 90s, even um, that was sort of coming together that was going to allow for all of these um, uh, sort of well, it was really just libertarianism, kind of economically conservative and then sort of socially liberal sort of um, kind of movement is breaking down. You know, this is the famous Sorbamari um, David French, you know, kind of divide that happened yeah. you know i forget how long it seems like it was 20 years ago it's probably like six months or something i know it was more than that but but you know so they have people who are beginning to to show that you know that coming to a rational quote-unquote consensus outside of a um some sort of uh appeal to um at the very least uh, a transcendent morality if not a, a, a you know divine revelation it's going to be um, impossible, you know, and, and this is what, and this is where, to just to your point, you know, Tom Holland in particular has been writing a lot about this, about the um, the sort of the the forge of Christianity is the one that I'm, uh, no, the forge of Western of civilization or the West. I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the title, but but essentially, there's a just a variation on a theme in some of his big books like Dominion and. Um, and this other one, the forge of something um, about how exactly to your point that they took sort of the the pagan cruelty that was very clear in its morality. You know, I mean, it was and and did inject yeah. a sense of mercy into that, which was novel and 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 miraculous. And yet they they still baptized a, um, you know, sort of the system of the law. Um, and so, you know, of right. course, there was some variations to it. You know, uh, Mary, um, what's her name? Um uh, Sarah Rudin's book is really good on this. Uh, uh, I think it's called, you know, I should have had a list of these things. Um, it Google Sarah Rudin and Paul and, um, and you'll find her. It's, it's really a fascinating book. She goes through all of the various, um, uh, social upheavals that the apostle Paul, uh, would have introduced into a sort of normal Roman civil, uh, uh, uh family, uh, and we read him, you know, as like this sort of conservative monster, you know, but in in actuality, he was incredibly radical um, in all of the ways that people reject him for. You know, he was radical for parents, you know, fathers and children, you know, don't, don't exasperate don't your frustrate children. your child. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, husbands and wives, uh, you know, all of the various um, uh, relations were upended 
but um but still you're exactly right there was still there was a there was a baptized um sort of understanding of an appeal to the good that at least in pagan classical paganism still had some sense of the divine however kind of sort of muddy muddy and confused right. at the very least you had aristotle and plato with the with the logos you know you had the the unmoved mover idea um you know c.s lewis i just was reading about this this morning in the abolition of man where he uh there there was a reference to a um uh, we're, we're reading this as part of our diocesan sort of um, kind of devotion, which is great. Uh, I'm I glad to have the opportunity. But uh, there was a reference to a sermon that he preached. Uh, it was a, and I haven't found it yet, but it was a um, a Christmas sermon for the pagans. And um, and actually, we're reading this book. Uh, it's called After Humanity, which is like an exposition of of um, of um, the evolution of man. But at any rate. There was a statement, a discussion about how Lewis was showing a lot of um, sympathy for what we would call the God-fearing pagans of the time of Jesus and Paul in particular, because they did, in fact, have this, this transcendent understanding of ultimate right or wrong, however yeah. it needed to be um, altered. And I think that's that's where... Um, you know that's what uh, um, uh, Charles Taylor argues in his book um, uh, *Secular Age*. You know, he's like, "This is actually a novel situation we find ourselves in because the paganism of today is actually just what Paul would say self-worship in a way that has never been before." Right. You know, because like at least right. you worship. I mean, you know, you had um, you even had Baphomet. You know, at least you had something that the <laughs> you pagans had names were. For the, that's for right. The dogs, right. But now the names are just you know. <laughs> Uh, Matt, me, or... me. That's right. That's right. Like I am, I in fact am God, and um, and it's just you know it's funny. Y'all were talking about it too in your podcast, but I was talking about it in the in the Rutgers forum about the the supposed joking, the people that are laughingly doing the satanic worship. It's like, you know, you can laugh all you want, but you're actually worshiping. If if Paul were to describe what Satan worship looked like, you're doing like just about everything short of the, you know, like, I guess, drinking um, goblets of blood or whatever that, uh, that, that screw tape did. But in terms of where your morality lies, what your justification for it would be, where, who the enemies are in your sight and how you would be worshiped, you know, most notably um, you're doing it all. And so um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we're at like Ghostbusters 2 right now, you know, like with the <laughs> river of anger that was sort of underneath that was starting to, I think there's like, there's genuinely something spiritual going on, um, yeah. or at least in a way that I could not have imagined, uh, you know, even five years ago, much the, the trans, the trans movement uh, alone is enough to sort of have a little bit of a pause. Okay. You know uh, what's happening here, but the, the, the intensity towards the children um, is really what has been yeah, the, the yeah. piece that has been, uh, you know, you had, you went from, okay, we're going to have a couple of pride parades and sort of big kind of liberal cities, of course, presided over by Episcopal bishops, you know, that's going to happen, right? But now you right. have like, you have, um, I just saw Build-A-Bear, I just just saw this on Twitter, you know, they have like, a, you can build a a like rainbow frog and dress it up in your little like, you know, like your, your tucking bathing suits or whatever. And it's like, you know, what, what is that about actually? Um, other than some sort of, you know, uh, work of, uh, unholy spirits in the hearts and minds yeah. of yeah. lost people. I mean, I really, um, 
you know, it's 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 been disconcerting in in one hand, but at the same time, uh, quite clarifying on the other. And so, you know, I think we're we're finding out very quickly. Again, we've been saying this for years now, but we're watching the the parable of the sower in real time. You know, we're just watching the we're just watching. Yeah. Have I mean, I feel bad. Like that poor. I mean, I, that that um the Dodgers was the guy. I forget his name who just had to forgot, you know, oh, yeah, obviously taken into session. the clubhouse and yeah. you know worked over with some um, you know uh, malice pillows, uh, yeah, pillows full of full of rocks right? and batteries, <laughs> and, they, and they come back and he's right. like, oh yeah, wait, I changed my mind. I've been, I've been, I now see. I mean, poor guy. I mean, you know, it's it's a. I mean, it, I do think yeah, okay. I, you're right. I mean, just within the Christian realm. Um, I think there's going to be a difference between those who are apostate and who push the LGBTQ stuff and those who are like Peter, you know, who in, in the courtyard, who, mm-hmm. who get, you know, they're just afraid and they don't, and they, and they just, they deny what they know That's is right. true because, because there's just a lot of, they're under a lot of pressure. And, and I think our, our, our tack here for those should be, um, of course, like Jesus, who, you know, reinstated Peter, but also like uh, Augustine during the Donatus controversy. You know, the, the, there were people during the persecutions that under Diocletian who who gave up the scriptures, who gave up, who, who confessed uh, Jesus was not the Christ and, and, and violated their faith so they could keep their lives. And Augustine was saying, look, you know, that, that's, that, that was tar- terrible. It was an awful thing. And yet, the blood of Christ is sufficient for that. So we can't, if they're repentant, we need to receive them back into the church. And the Donatists were saying, no, 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 no. That's right. And any, any priest or, de- or or bishop who, who was a traitor during those times is, you know, everything's invalid for that person. No, I mean, it, it's just, uh, I think we need to make a distinction between people who are acting out of fear and um, acting out of uh, cowardice and, and those who are, leading the parade yeah nefarious that's right and i think yeah and you know i think that there's there are ways to 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 adjudicate that i mean you know like someone who comes and says i mean i mean the number of things i've had to to come clean and say look i used to you know teach even teach this way you know i mean thankfully it's nothing to the level uh, i'm grateful you know for for faithful uh teachers older than i am to keep me in line but you know there are some nuances and things and sort of convictions you say listen i I was wrong, you know, or, or I wasn't, I wasn't sufficiently concerned or I was naive or, you know, any number of things. And you can say, please forgive me. I was afraid. Me. I think, I was afraid. That's right. Well, I mean, that's why yeah. I, you know, I tell people not, you know, obviously not every Christian was martyred. You know, we talked about this last right. week during right. the first couple of centuries. So, um, you know, it's interesting. It brings me to a question, uh, which I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on with respect to all of the various boycotts going on, you know, because there is a certain, um, you know, there's a certain kind of dividing line coming down now about whether or not you're, uh, you know, you're you're seen as a Christian walking into Target, you know, or carrying a Bud Light or whatever the case may be. You know, I sort of feel like this is a redo of the. Um, remember when Starbucks got rid of any reference to Christmas? Um, you know, and their in their packaging during around Christmas. You know, it was like yeah. a season of hope or something like this. And I right, right, just right. still <laughs> couldn't stop wanting to get a grande red eye from Starbucks and so <laughs> like wrestle with, you know, it's like Dunkin' Donuts uh, just wasn't cutting it for me. And so I, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't really care. Uh, I don't go to Target very often anyway, but um, I don't know. I, I, I wrestle with that. What, what are your thoughts? 
Well, I think, uh, and uh, uh, someone some on Twitter I don't agree with a lot. In fact, I disagree with almost all the time. Um, push back, back um, against me. I, I, he um, he was saying, you know, well, do you buy your iPhones? You know, you, you, you use your iPhones or you use various products that are also implicated in, in immoral behavior or immoral ideas. Why are you now suddenly getting upset about Target and Budweiser? Um, you, you're already using products that are in, that are produced using slave labor. Or why 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 have you boycotted things beforehand? Um, and I can understand that. I mean, I, I I think that like almost all of the things that we buy as consumers in our day, and we're all consumers, are going are going to be implicated in some way with some horrible thing <laughs> the corporations are all doing the dei stuff and a, um and many of them are involved in in less than ethical labor practices in other countries so so how do we navigate that well um what i've been encouraged about by the budweiser thing and the and the target thing is um i don't i don't think it's would ever be effective to tackle all of that at once we're, we're just not gonna be able to do it however targeted boycotts like what happened with Budweiser and Target targeted yeah. boycotts but <laughs> we are going to be we need a rim our, shot our, our here effective like so so like so what what could happen if Christians are, are want to be serious about this um we can't we can't stop consuming things we got to eat we got to go to the store we got to buy stuff but we can make we can we can make some examples of companies who are particularly egregious, like Target and Budweiser, and send messages to other companies, and maybe start to start to enact uh, to affect some kinds of reform throughout the whole culture. So, right. so if, if 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 we were to make a targeted um, boycott of of Bud, let's say Budweiser and Wildest Dreams just totally goes out of business and crashes, right? That's a huge company. It, it won't happen, but let's say it did. Um, that would that would send massive you know tectonic shifts across the the business world it, it already has even though it hasn't collapsed right same thing with target right so so you, the, these companies are having to rethink their their, their strategy right now right. i mean for target it's just it's just a kind of a cosmetic rethinking we're, we're going to move the the tuck bathing suits to the back of the store or whatever um or or just hey we'll watch out what we're, what we're advertising in texarkana texas but um but this kind of thing this kind of thing continuing like just targeting a particularly woke a particularly egregiously offensive type of campaign by some company and and boycotting them that could have a, a wide-ranging effect so that we wouldn't have to do that for every every right every every product in every organization every company yeah no i think i mean you know it'll be interesting to see i mean again it doesn't it practically doesn't affect me uh, at the moment um because I've already compromised my soul by drinking Starbucks, uh, so I'm, <laughs> but but I do think. Well, no, we've all we've all we've as, as consumers in America. I don't know that you can take even. I, I guess even now, Chick Fil A, you you can't right. You can't even have a Chick Fil A sandwich without in some way compromising. So so you've got to be selective, right? You got to you got okay. If we're going to change this culture, how do we do it? And again, I think it, I think it, it begins one one taking down one one hellish grooming mm. uh child molest supporter molesting supporting company 
slaving company after another, and and then 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 I think you get a change in you get a change in the culture. Yeah. Well, and I think you know what I'm what I have been on about here at St. Luke's in preparation for this month in particular. Um, you know, as we've talked about it in various forums and things. Um, is that you know Christian people have to be prepared for the discussion um, in a way that you know even those sort of cultural conservatives who may be nominally Christian are not, or, or especially in a way which is that we have to see the the sort of spiritual sort of battle going on here between you know lie the the, the truth of God and a lie. Um, you know, the the sinful proclivity for um, wanting to be enthroned in your own, on your own, you know, in your own kingdom as your own God. Um, and as a result of that, not a uh, dismissal of the real concerns and problems, but but a, a hopeful prayer, a directed prayerful compassion, you know, that the Lord would actually deliver people from some of these things. I mean, I I have had more and more conversations with um, with people who are who are just starting to kind of wake up to uh, the possible dangers that their children might be facing in you know various schools or camps or you know kind of unquestioned um, groups and say, well, you know, you're right to be concerned. I mean, you're not right to be necessarily alarmist, but you should find out you know what's being taught, who's leading it, how these things are being uh, communicated because. Um, this is the world that we live in now. So we've we've been right. called to be, you know, just as as we have missionaries out on the forefront of, um, you know, pagan cultures all over the world. Uh, so, well, this is where we are now, you know, in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Um, but I do think I do think that the, um, you know, the what we're going to see more and more is just this divide, particularly among Christians, as it gets harder and harder to, as we've talked about before, um, hold something of a moderating position on these things. And, you know, we're seeing it with the various, well, we've seen it through churches, burning through churches already, but now we're starting to see individual Christians just get targeted. Again, it's hard not to use that word, um, by uh, by inquiry minds. You know, I think about, remember Lauren Daigle was pinned down about her view on um, on same-sex marriage, you know, the Christian singer. And I think she, she ended up saying something like, well, I'm not a preacher, you know, so it's not my, you know, who am I saying essentially like what, what who am I to judge it? Yeah. And, you know, and there's some sympathy I have with that because it is true that she's not a, you know, Christian uh, leader necessarily. But, you know, but you go down the line, we saw the the, the guy from the Dodgers. We see the, um, and it'll just happen more frequently now. You know, it's going to happen more frequently yeah. and people I would just need say, to be prepared. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I would just say that if you're, if you're a Christian, I, I it, look, you're told to make that known, right? You're this part of the, part of the being a Christian in the public sphere whether you're famous or just working at Starbucks or whatever, is is to buy your life by your and by the way you live your life and by what you the way you use your words to make that clear, right? So what that means, and again, notwithstanding everything I just said about mercy for those who are afraid, I get it. Um, but what that means is counting the cost. If you're, if That's you, right. if, if you, if you tell your Starbucks fellow employees that you're a Christian and then they ask you about the gay thing, you, you need to tell them the truth. You need yeah. to say what you think. I mean, with the gospel, with the good news, but tell them the truth. If you're a, whatever, whatever role you have, teacher, police officer, whatever it might be, if, if you were going to take the brave and good step to tell people, let people know you're a Christian, don't back down when 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 the necessary and consequent reaction or the, when the 
presently necessary consequences come to you, which is which is social approbation or social uh, anger, right? So you're a Christian. Do you believe? Do you or do you agree with what I read in Leviticus 22 or whatever? Yes, I agree with that because I'm a Christian and I'm, <laughs> I believe in God, mm-hmm. and I think that's His word. Um, so just be prepared and and count the cost and be willing to and be willing to suffer right now social ostracization if possible if necessary uh maybe someday in the future you know kind of some kind of physical or legal uh consequences but right now it's just social right now you, right. and and maybe okay financial you could lose your job that's right now you could lose your job for being uh for for holding firm on a christian uh, on a christian uh, drawing a line and holding and standing standing your standing your ground um but I, you know, we're, that's what that's what we do. Right. That's what Christians yeah. do. Called, I do think yeah. some wisdom. I was listening to something Denny Burke was saying the other day, um, and I think he, he had a good phrase. I don't know if he was he made it up, but it's good. He says, you know, not just because you can have a fight doesn't mean you should. You know, and I think that's where we pray for yeah, wisdom and respect to all these things because. You know, you don't need to just go in if you're if you haven't been asked to compromise and you're, you know, mm-hmm, sort of mid-level mm-hmm, yep. employee at something, just don't come in guns blazing to your right. boss and say, right. like, you know, dress him down in front of everyone because he has pronouns <laughs> no, in his email not. signature or something. You know, well, I mean, no, it's but just, you don't have to put your pronouns in. That's right. right. And I think that's and, where we're that's yeah. where, you know, the wisdom that, that we have to have. Um, and, you know, we pray for is not just individual, you know, that's why if you are in a situation where you're worried about this, which I assume our listeners at least has some concern, you know, that's why the local church is is more important now than ever, you know, knowing what your, first of all, what your pastor believes and teaches is important at any age, but now more than ever. And if they're not actively equipping you to help think through these issues, well, then you should find someone who, who is, I mean, if you can't, in 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 person you know just watch some good churches online if you have to but like you know get into some 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 discussion groups you know read some books uh like equip yourself to to begin to to be able to absorb some of this energy because there's a lot of there's a lot of um sort of defensiveness and there's a lot of people being provoked by the law all around us you know there's a lot of there's a lot of immorality and a lot of uh deviancy that has not as we talked about last week that has not been forgiven which creates a very brittle very reactionary angry type populace and so that's the world that we're living in right now is that there's this like flannery o'connor would say this god conscious or the the hauntedness of our i think it was her of um of uh of of our world and so there are all these people who are telling themselves louder and louder that the whatever they're doing is right you know i'm good enough uh you know no matter what they say you remember that that, uh, lady gaga song it's like well i'm not saying it directly but it's being said that you're not good enough and that's because the law continues to speak louder than however loudly you can yell and um and that's the, the 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 environment that that we have this sort of uh this 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 wonderful opportunity to welcome people into this miraculous um community of forgiven sinners which can include even those who have uh you know wildly disfigured themselves or who even yesterday right. were totally wrong about these things and have just right. you know and so i think to your point matt that the um you know this 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 juxtaposition, this distinction, as we always say, between the law and the gospel, um, has to be upheld at this point as as clearly and as um, courageously as possible. Because just as we cannot 
um, as lower any of the demands of the law in any jot and tittle, as Jesus would say, we at the same time confess that all of those demands have been met and fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Christ for sinners. And so that is the that's the 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 wild juxtaposition. I tell my congregation this. Actually, I preached about this on Pentecost. I was saying, you know, dear Christians, to the extent that you have actually experienced something of genuine um uh, uh, conviction. And that doesn't mean just feeling sorry for getting caught, but you've actually become yeah. aware of, of the things done and left undone to those people that you are starting to realize you do not love, uh, uh, your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> you, if you have been given that gift of conviction, then rejoice because not only is the Holy spirit working, but we have a, we have an answer, you know, we have a, we have an advocate with the father, you know, you know, at that very point. And so that's the, that's this sort of the cyclical sort of one-two message that we have to to have in our mouths all the time is that we are people of of justice and mercy, and the only place that that has met is at the cross. And so we are not yeah. claiming to be more righteous. Um, you know, if um, I, mean, I was talking to someone about this the other day with with respect to wanting to uh, enact laws against, uh, you know, pornography and gambling, you know, and they're like, well, you know, that's not my, um, you know, the, the church has always been sort of, uh, you know, against this or whatever. And I said, listen, this is, this is a, this is because there is a, there is a deep uh, poison within the heart of, of human beings that is susceptible to these things. It's not a question right, of like right. being, oh, get this filth out of my sight. It's that like Isaiah, like this is part of the filth that I am, I am not only personally susceptible to, but we as fallen people are susceptible to. And so our good as a, as a community, it's like, you know, getting rid of fentanyl or something like we're not saying right. that like fentanyl, clearly people like to do it. That's not like, you know, and people in right. the church, like it's a problem though. And so again, this is just full circle. Um, and I know we, we, you know, we say it every, every week, we talk about this all the time, but 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 I can't be more emphatic about hopefully that our listener has found a community of people of, with whom they can have some genuine discussions about these things. Um, the grace to sort of overstate or or understate and be corrected, you know, I mean, I find that to be necessary. Um, and, and I talk about this stuff all the time because we have to we have to to train these muscles. We have to to train our um, ourselves, like Paul says, you know, like a, like an athlete for the challenge that this poses us, which is not, um, right. you know, it's not on our strength, but it's certainly one that is going to be um, present, uh, barring some sort of revival in our lives, the rest of well, certainly our ministries, but down through the lives of our children and grandchildren. Um, and so unless there's a, you know, by God's grace and a, a third great awakening, the or, reformation, but, yeah. but, you know, we can pray for that, but we shouldn't expect it, you know? Um, but like Rod Dreher says, you know, the, the people living under communism were sort of defeatist in that way too. And then all of a sudden comes 1989 and, you know, now they're like, well, we can, you know, yeah. we can, we can go to McDonald's, you know, who would have thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, so anyway, so, yeah, that's, I, I think that's, yeah. you know, actually, yeah, we should probably yeah, wind down ahead. since we're, but I did, I do on that, on. Note of, on that note, you know, um, it, it does, it does seem, and it's happened, it happens in every age that, that Satan and his demons overreach themselves. They, they take, they they start off with all the popular support and they take a step too far, you know. And <clears throat> I'm not the only one to have noticed that not just Christians, but but lots of secular people are having a real hard time with child mutilations and 
and and children being taken away from parents who won't let them be transitioned. I mean, there there's a step too far in some of this evil, and I I think we're we're maybe getting that to that point, and it may be that God's going to have mercy on us. I think God has had mercy on us with uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, and so maybe maybe um, letting letting the evil go to such an extent that it it blows its cover maybe that will be god's means by which he brings us as a nation back to our senses and i pray that that's the case amen well i think we can share in that prayer and um i know if nick were here he would give a hearty amen but um thank you for uh listening and being with us today uh as always if you want to like uh the show uh share it with your friends um that would be great if you have if you have a friend uh <laughs> we have a listener yeah, we know friends. you but we, I mean, we, we assume we have you one do. listener so we assume you have a, that he friend, has a, friend a rich a rich uh social <laughs> life uh listening to us while he does what or she does whatever they do <laughs> So, um, but we'll be back next week. Um, and was Nick say, Lord willing, uh, by God's grace, we'll be standing firm.